Hello, and welcome to Heartline Ministries, a one-hour televised program and audio podcast where we take the timeless truth of Scripture and apply it to hearts and lives in the 21st century. Join Pastor Harold Noyes of Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont, and Pastor Timothy Golden of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire, as they bring the light and life of God's Word to current situations and experiences. Now here are your hosts, Pastor Harold Noyes and Timothy Golden. Well, once again, greetings, everyone. Welcome to Heartline Ministry. We want to thank you so much for tuning into this program to hear the Word of God. And that is, Tim, and my desire is to share with you the Word of God as, as it was written for us, as it was revealed to us by the Spirit of God to help us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Pastor Harold Noyce, pastor of the Community Christian Church. We are located in Athens, Vermont. Alongside is my co-host, Pastor Timothy Golden. He is located in Charlestown, New Hampshire, and the church name is Life on Main. So um, we'd love to have you uh, just hang out with us for the next hour and listen to the book of Galatians. We are now in uh, chapter 3. We're going to go back into chapter 2 just for a little bit, but chapter 3 in the book of Galatians, where we are teaching on Paul and his confrontation with Peter, and then he's also now confronting the Galatians because it seems, Tim, that they had a problem where they, when Paul was there in their presence, they knew what it was to walk by grace, they knew what it was to believe the Word of God, they knew what it was to stand fast in Christ, but then somebody crept in and started teaching them some false doctrine, yep. and they were swept away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're seeing that happening today in so many of our churches that um, something happens, whether they read you know, some famous author's book or something, and it sweeps them away from the truth of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And certainly, just for, you, know, you folks know this if you've uh, hung out with us at all over the last... I don't know, what, six, eight years, whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever it's been, and, and know that we try our best uh, to make sure to stay true to the Word of God, mm-hmm. not to deviate from it, not to add anything to it, or to delete anything from it. Just take the Word of God mm-hmm. for what it says. Tim, as we've seen this in our culture, haven't we? I mean, it just seems to become a bigger and bigger problem as when I remember my childhood, for example, and, and how, you know, people still stood up for what they believed in. Mm-hmm. They still, they weren't afraid to state their opinion, and they weren't afraid to stand up what, you know, for the cause in which they believe. But it seems like today, people much rather just simply be followers. They don't want to stand up for anything. Mm-hmm. Or if they do stand up for something, they do it in such a... Um, horrendous way of getting in your face and hate and and all this other kind of stuff that mm-hmm. it, that it just defeats the whole purpose of everything. It really does. I mean, we've really bought into this whole thing about tolerance, and and the word itself sounds nice, and it does have some value. It does have some validity. But what we've done is we've taken it to the point of now making people feel so self-conscious, even more so than ever before, that. You better not say anything that offends me, you know, and rather than allowing everyone to have strong beliefs, 
but to be able to respect each other in light of those beliefs. There's almost a sense of, you can't say X, Y, Z if it might hurt my feelings. And it's like all of a sudden now I am responsible for you rather than us being responsible for ourselves and being able to say, look, I do have some values. I do stand strong on this. And this is why I have these these stance. And, but yet being able to respect and accept each other in light of those things. And, but they had gone to this point of where, oh, whatever anybody says, I'm just going to kind of take it and, and drink it in. You know, there's, there's this new phenomenon, and, and I really am not tremendously versed in it uh, because it is so new to me. Um, this, this woke culture mm-hmm. that it seems like now they're yeah. trying to push on us where, where um, you just lay back and we'll take care of you and you don't have a mind, you don't, mm-hmm. you're not even a person anymore, you're just a, a number or just something. Um, and it's almost like Paul is addressing that in chapter 3 mm-hmm. because what happened is Paul went and he taught them the word of God now somebody else is coming in, and whether they said Paul sent us, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. the people were sucked into this lie or this deception. Mm-hmm. And and I'm seeing that today in our in our world, mm-hmm. you know, this yeah. culture that we're well, and especially into. with so much of the social media end of things that we have today. And again, there's value there. There, there there's some things that are great. I mean. We're on social media. Heartline's yeah. on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube, right? Um, but let's take even just YouTube, for instance. Um, great from one sense that now everyone has a voice. You know, you, you can be heard. You know, you have some stance on some things. You, you can express that freely. Problem is now you got everything known to mankind being expressed. And now and it's coming right into our living rooms. You know, when growing up, you know, if, if you became, let's say, regarding church specifically, you know, if you were going to a church, you know, you, you were engaged there. But now all of a sudden you're hearing one thing there and then you might go on to YouTube and you might hear something else, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. Unfortunately, last time's wrong, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because anybody can say anything they want and try to ha- pass it off as gospel truth. So you have to be so careful about what you're receiving. But, so there's all these voices coming that people from so many directions. Right. And if we are not careful, um, it reminds me of the old adage, if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. Right. And so we need to understand what do we stand for? What, like is the, what is the biblical stance on which we must be rooted? So then we can learn to um, critique or evaluate those other things that are coming at us. Is this biblical? Is this not biblical? And, and be able to make proper adjustments accordingly. You know, we've been teaching, Tim, on Sundays at CCC how, how we can be victorious in our chaotic world Mm -hmm. and we've gone through four of them um being calm being compassionate um and so forth and uh constructive Mm -hmm. um last week is one is the one that that i love so much is that we you know we are to to uh be engaged or Mm -hmm. that's what we're actually doing this week is be connected and you know I'm afraid that in our culture, we have become so disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, internet can be a great thing. I mean, social media can be a great thing. I mean, we're in how many countries now and so forth. I mean, it's yeah. just amazing. You know, but do we do it at the, at the expense of becoming disconnected with everything around us? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 
you talk to young people, and, and I'm not slamming young people, but you talk to young people, and they got their face in their iPad or something playing a game. Mm -hmm. They don't hear you. They don't even know you're, you're alive or you're around. They have become so mm -hmm. disconnected. And, and it seems like Paul is, is really addressing this in the sense of, wait a minute, folks, you have become disconnected to what you used to believe. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you used to believe in the gospel. You used to believe in what Christ did for you. But now you're going back and wanting to believe the law. Mm -hmm. to go back into works-oriented things, and, and that is not what you need to do. Right. You know, you need to get reconnected. And I, I think today we as people need to get reconnected. The pandemic has disconnected us terribly mm -hmm. in our world and in our society uh, where, you know, people were afraid to leave their homes. They were afraid to go shopping. They were afraid to do all this other. I know uh, I have a lady friend who, who she would go shopping like at 3 o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. just so that, there wouldn't be too many people in the store. You know, mm -hmm. she was just, you know, very hesitant to do that. And right, wrong, or indifferent, we have become so disconnected. And I think Paul mm -hmm. is, is going to be hitting that today in, in parts of this too. Um, in this uh, walk in which we as, Christ, as Christians need to walk. Mm -hmm. So let's get into it. Let's uh, start with it. Um, I'm going to open a prayer. Then I'm going to ask Pastor Tim if he would uh, read verses 1 to 5 in chapter 3. And then uh, we may go back, I think we're going to go back to chapter 2 just for a moment to tie it together uh, so that we can tie up any loose ends and get it together um, so that chapter 3 will really start to make a little more sense to us than, mm -hmm. than just reading it uh, the way it is. So let's open in prayer. Ask God to be with us for the next few moments as we consider God's Word. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that it is truth. We thank you that it is real. We thank you that it, it does the spiritual surgery that needs to, to be done in all of our hearts and lives if we allow it to do that. Father, we thank you that you've given it to us, that we can learn what it is and how it is that we as believers ought to walk and ought to act. Father God, help us today. Help Tim and me to be able to um, share the wonderful word of God with your people. So, Father, if there's anybody who doesn't know Christ and they're watching this program, mm. may they listen intently so that they would come to know who Jesus Christ is and trust him as their personal Lord and Savior. So, Father, we trust you and we love you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, Tim, you want to read those scriptures for us, please? Yep, so Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, and I'm reading out of the New King James today. O foolish Galatians! Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, have, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Wow, what a, what a tremendous you know, introduction to this chapter because he goes and you can see that Paul is, is uh, very concerned about the people and, and even to the point of being upset with them. Mm -hmm. At least I look at it and see he must be very upset um, by what was occurring now at the church at Galatia. Mm -hmm. He had gone and he had taught them grace. He had gone and taught them uh, this whole um, 
new concept, really, that, you know, God was not now only uh, committed to the Jews, but now he also was committed to the Gentiles, and that the Gentiles were saved by grace through faith, and that not of themselves, Mm -hmm. and that they did not have to keep the laws in which the Jewish um, people wanted to keep and intended to keep, Mm -hmm. yet someone now has come in and kind of cut cut them off at the knees and said, wait a minute, no, no, Paul, Paul is not teaching you the truth. He's, you know, he's, he's deceiving you. Mm-hmm. When in fact the person that comes in is the decept- uh, deceiver. Mm-hmm. And w- reading this, we have to remember the heart of Paul, uh, not just read the words of Paul. Um, yep. And what we know about him is he had a heart for these Galatians. All the churches that he had started, he was passionate about these people. Mm-hmm. He loved these people. And we, we can fall into a hard trap if we simply read this passage with a 21st century mentality, yep. especially those first three words, oh, foolish Galatians. Because we tend to, when we use words like foolish, it's a cut down. It's a judgment call on somebody. What he is basically saying here is you need to stop and think. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm concerned about you because you're just buying into stuff here. Th- this wasn't meant to be some sort of demeaning statement. This was stating to the Galatians, look, you need to use your heads here a little bit. You need to think through what's going on here. So let's begin to process what's going on because you're just blindly accepting some things. I'm really concerned for you because of that. And that's the heart in which Paul is writing this. But yet, the word foolish is a pretty strong term, you know, but it didn't mean just, you idiots. Yep. It was, you're not thinking. You know better than this. Let's get back to it. So, in, in reference to that, then, we do know, for example, um, the illustration that we're, we're told that a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, Paul is not saying that they have... Uh, gone back to the point of denying Mm -hmm. and going back to idols and things of that nature, but they are acting as if Mm -hmm. God is no longer real to them, or acting as if, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, um, God's changed his mind. Mm -hmm. No, that is not true. So don't, you know, don't take on this mentality, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, wait a minute, folks, you got to think. You know, Jesus Christ did not die in vain. Mm -hmm. He died on the cross he died for you, he carried your sins, and therefore you're saved by grace, mm-hmm. not by the works of the law. Get back to the basics, people. Yeah. That's it. And, because, and by him confronting them on the fact that they have got, fallen into this trap that somehow or another grace is not enough, there's got to be something more to it, um, that's the way the enemy starts. Mm-hmm. He starts subtle. You know, it, you look at the, even with Adam and Eve, right, when, when they were first tempted in the garden— the things that he said were not false. They, they were actually had, had a lot of truth in them. But as he got even, as he started to turn her, then he was able to tell the deeper lies. Mm-hmm. And then she bought them. And so what they are at at this point is they may not be at that point, where, as you said, where they're worshiping other gods. But if Paul doesn't address this now, they could easily fall back into that right. if, if, they, if they're not careful. Right, you know, you know, and once again, Paul wants to remind them, and therefore we have to go back to chapter two, mm-hmm. just to let everybody see. Wait a minute, this is Paul is going and saying, "Look, folks, remember what I have just taught you." You know, 
it's not as if you hadn't heard it. It's mm -hmm. not as if I hadn't given you the truth. I have. You need to go back and remember what mm -hmm. I have taught you. And, and go back even further where Paul goes and says, wait a minute, folks. I did, when I got saved, I did not go and converse with Peter and James mm -hmm. and John and all those. You know, when I got saved, I went and conversed with the master for three years. Mm -hmm. So I got it straight from him. You know, and now I'm bringing it to you. Oh, afterwards mm -hmm. I conversed with Peter, and afterwards I talked with James and John and things of that nature. But I also talked to them about the things that I had learned in those three years in the Arabian desert mm -hmm. when Jesus came down and ministered to me. Yeah. So he, you know, he wants to go and, and, and say with them, wait a minute, you have heard it from me who heard it from the master. Mm -hmm. Why would you switch? You know, it, it's almost like one of my one of my pet peeves is is this is you know people who you know they they worship angels and they have all kinds of angels hanging around all over the place and and they they love doing this and my my thing in saying to them is why do you want to go and worship an angel something that is second rate when you can go and worship the Creator Himself mm -hmm. when you can go and worship the one who has all authority not the one who the the authoritative one gives some authority, mm -hmm. but the one who has the authority, and that mm -hmm. is Jesus Christ. Now, in fact, if you go into Scripture and you begin to read, there were some occasions where angels appeared to some godly warriors, to some godly prophets, where they found themselves ready to bow down and worship. And what did the angel do? Don't you dare. Yeah. Don't yeah, I'm you just dare like worship you. me. Yeah. You know, let, let's make sure we're only worshiping the one that should be worshipped. So right. they would, you know, be, willing, be the first ones to tell you, don't worship yeah. me. Don't, do not do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. we have a lot of people today who are, you know, they're, they're settling for, it's almost like to me, people are willing to settle for second best mm -hmm. or second rate stuff when in fact God is saying, look, I've given you the truth. Mm -hmm. Why don't you settle for the best? Yeah. Because that's what I've given to you. So let's go back into chapter 2 just for a moment just to help us to see why Paul used the strong language, oh foolish Galatians. He did it in verse 3. He did it in verse, uh, verse 1, excuse me. He did it in verse 3. Are you so foolish? Mm. You know, are you so, I, I almost look at the word naive. Mm -hmm. You know, are you so naive to believe, wait a minute, how can that possibly be true? Think right. about it for a minute, like you said. Wait a minute, folks. Turn on the thinking cap. You got to start thinking. Listen to what Paul says in chapter 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So mm -hmm. what is he saying to them? Right. That, that, that everything that you do is not going to get you where yeah. you need to get as yeah. far as being in right relationship with God. No, it, it's, all, it's all in a person. It's all in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It's not in, in acts in which we try to do. Now, 
I will be the first to tell you, and I'm going to share this with my congregation on Sunday in, in being connected, is, wait a minute, we have been created unto good works, mm-hmm. but not for salvation. Right. It is because of salvation exactly. that God has created us for good works. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is they're getting almost confused or the cat before the horse mm-hmm. saying, I need good works to be saved. Paul's saying, no, you don't. You're only mm-hmm. justified by Christ and him alone, and that does it. Yep, and he even goes on to help, and I love that, you know, get the cart before the horse thing there because you look at the beginning of verse 17, he makes that clear. Exactly. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found to be sinners. Yep. You know, and so it's trying to help them understand that, look, when you were, <laughs> stay, uh, <laughs> when you were a sinner, Christ was enough. Christ was enough to make you right before God. In the worst of your sin, he was all you needed. And he's comparing that to the fact that now but what you have and have had up to this point is the law and doing all the right stuff hasn't been able to accomplish it. So you can do all the right things and not accomplish it or just come to the fact that I'm a sinner and I can't get any of this right. So Jesus, I give up to you. And that does it. Matter of fact, go back, go down to verse 18 of chapter 2, which to me is, is... The whole crutch of the whole matter is this. For if I build again, mm. now the, the again goes where? It goes back to when he was a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. And what did the Pharisees believe? It's all works. Yep. It's all trying to be good enough. It's all following rituals and rites and, and all those things. So Paul is saying, look, if, if I go back to be a Pharisee, if I go back to my old office of Phariseeism, which I destroyed, mm-hmm. I put to death. I put that to death. When did I put it to death? Galatians 2.20, mm-hmm. he goes, uh, yeah, Galatians 2.20, he goes, says, I am crucified. Yep. When I trusted Christ as my Savior, I put that to death mm-hmm. because I was crucified with him. Mm-hmm. And yet I still live, but it's Christ now who lives in me. But in verse 18, if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. The word transgressor is another word for what? I'm still a sinner. Right? I'm following my own ways. I'm following my own path. I'm following my own beliefs. I'm following what I used to believe is true. That Mm -hmm. I found out was not true, but now I'm going back Mm -hmm. and calling it true. Which just goes to an... Sometimes good to understand some things for shock value. (laughs) Religion is just as much a bondage as sin is. Absolutely. You know, and that's why we say we're not about religion, we're about the relationship. Because religion can't save you. And to think that it can, to think that somehow you can achieve uh, your salvation, or somehow you'll be able to achieve some sort of, you know, special kudos from God because, you know, you are doing all the law, you've missed it. You, you, you find yourself in this place of bondage where you're always living, feeling like I've got to do something else, mm. you know, and you're always striving to try to gain some sort of an approval rating with God. And God's saying, look, when you were the worst of sinners, I loved you. Yep. I loved you enough to send my son for you because, well, I didn't approve of your sin, but you know what? I approved of you. Right. 
And there's a big difference, yes. isn't there? There's a big, big difference. You know, and it's the same thing that I'm finding, though, in our culture, is so many people, they're afraid to stand up for what they believe. They're afraid to stand up for what they know is truth. And they want to be approved by people. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to lose these friends, or I don't want to be yeah. offended or offensive or whatever, and therefore I'll just keep my mouth shut. And, and wait a minute, that isn't, that isn't what the Scripture tells us mm-hmm. to do. You know, and he, he goes and shares with us, hey, we have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. I love, I don't know, know if you read it recently, Tim, but in, in uh, Ezekiel 37 and 38, it talks about a guy who is a watchman. And he says, you know, he says, you have been given the ministry of being a watchman. Now, in that ministry that you've been given as a watchman, you've been given responsibilities. And he even tied it in this way. If you do not tell those whom I have given you watch care over the gospel, the good news, Mm -hmm. then you're going to be guilty of their blood. Mm. If you tell them they're guilty of their own blood, and you're not guilty of their blood. Mm-hmm. Now, you say, well, that's Old Testament. It's so much true in the New Testament, too, because Paul mm-hmm. even goes and says, I am guilty of the blood of no man. Mm-hmm. Why? When I had a chance to share the gospel, I shared it. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, that is the important thing. Yeah. It's, it's time. To, it, I see the time is becoming very, very close to mm-hmm. the coming of Jesus Christ. I really believe it. Mm-hmm. So isn't, aren't we at an urgency mm-hmm. of time mm-hmm. before that all happens. We are. And, and, and I think that we need to become as Paul, and not as the Galatians, but as Paul, where we can even say, or at least we need to be able to say in Galatians 2.21, mm-hmm. I do not frustrate mm-hmm. the grace of God. Right. You know, and that's what Paul says. I do not frustrate the grace of God, but if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Yep. He didn't need to come, mm-hmm. and it was all worthless. But right. guess what? That's not true. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how many of us, in, you know, unbeknownst to us maybe sometimes or whatever, but maybe even intentionally, sometimes we frustrate the grace of God because we try to tack on things or eliminate them, whatever the case. Mm-hmm. Or we try to make other people feel like they've got to do something more. Yeah. Than simply come, yep. You know, to simply repent. You yep. know, and and we expect. And you know, I'm sorry, the church has been very guilty of this um, for probably centuries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, where we almost give people this idea that once you do this, or, or once you kind of shed this thing, or or you cut that thing out, then come to church and, and, and we'll pray for you and we'll have yeah. to, some relationship with you. Rather than just saying, come as you are. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I remember back in the 70s, um, growing up, the early 70s, and, you know, there was one guy that walked into the church and, you know what, he loved the Lord, but, man, he had hair down to here. Yeah. And people looked at him cross-eyed. Yeah. You know, because how, you know, what is he doing in here? Yeah. Like, you got to go get a haircut if you're going to be here in God's house. You know, you can't come in looking like that. And uh, and we've had a lot of those ideas. Um, now, I think the church has grown up a bit. We've gotten beyond that, but yet we haven't. Yep. Because we have a lot of people out there that are broken in this world that need Jesus. Mm. And they're not people that you would normally want to see on your front pew or think about being on your front pew. It might be, you know, people that are of different um, 
you know, things like the transgender or, you know, the LGBTQ movement. Um, how much, if we had a number of them walk through the door, would we welcome them with open arms? Right. Or would we shun them? Right. You know, and, and this was the issue Jesus dealt with even in his day. That's why the Pharisees had issues with the fact that he hung out with tax collectors and with prostitutes because that's just not becoming of a holy man, you right. know, to, to hang out with such people. But what he was really modeling for us is, look, we all sin. Sin isn't, I mean, sin is the issue, but sin is not the thing that will ultimately keep us away from God. What keeps us away from God is our refusal to admit our sin and be willing to say, I can't do anything about right. it, but you've already done it all. So Jesus, I come to you. So you come in, you take up residence in my heart, and then you show me those things after that that I might be able to do to begin to fashion my life in a way that would please you. But I know I can't do it and I can't earn it. So I just, I surrender. You know, I was very pleased with my wife yesterday. Um, I was on Facebook a little bit, and she had posted, and I'm not going to get it perfect, but she had posted uh, or reposted that someone had sent to her, uh, and it's something to this effect, and I'm not going to go through the whole the whole litany test, but they said, if, if, if you're living uh, in adultery, come to church. If you're a single woman, and you're pregnant, come to church. If you're an alcoholic and you have a problem with alcoholism, come to church. If you're a drug addict and you're having trouble with drugs, come to church. Now, why would we say that? Because we believe not that church saves anybody, right. but that is where they're going to hear the wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that can relieve them mm -hmm. of this sin and of this guilt and of this way of life. You know, I had a young man the other day um, contact me, and, you know, and he was looking for some help. And I said, the first thing I want you to do, in an hour and a half, church starts. I want you to be there. Well, he didn't show up, and I feel bad about that. But you know something? That's where I wanted to start. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he would have heard, here's the remedy, here's the cure, and his name is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had people say to me, Tim, and I'm sure you have, well, when I get it all worked out, mm -hmm. when I fix all my woes, then I'll come to church. No, come to church so that your woes can be fixed. I wouldn't be in church today if I had to wait until I got yeah. all my woes figured out. You know, yeah, me either. So I mean, I'd still be out there. Yeah, me, me. Either. That that is, you know. And how does that happen? Well, let's go back to Galatians two. I know we we read Galatians three, but let's go back to Galatians two, verse twenty, because to me this is the key to the whole thing. I am crucified with Christ. Paul is saying, look, way back before the foundation of the world, when, when, when God knew what was going to happen, mm -hmm. he had me on his mind. When Jesus came into the world, lived a sinless life, then he was crucified on the cross. When he was on the cross, he had me on his mind. Today, even though the cross is now past, Guess what? I'm still on his mind. Mm -hmm. So the word I am crucified, that means, look, that is, a, that is an act of verb meaning. I have been, mm -hmm. or, you know, and I was, and I still am. Mm -hmm. Crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. That is the key. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Who am I going to live for? Am I going to live for Harold Noyce? Or am I going to live for Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. But again, it's that we live for him, but it's it's how we choose to live for him. Um, Are we living for him because we want to show our appreciation and our gratitude and our devotion for what he has done for us? Or are we um, choosing to live for him because we feel we should? Yeah. You know, there's a difference between doing because you should versus doing it because you want to. Oh, here comes the train. Yeah. yeah. Um, I even had it on silent. <laughs> so it's getting to that point where we... Do you lose your thing? The train, I, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about so, that. That's okay. Um, but again, try, trying to get back there. Give me a second. Um <laughs> It's gone. It's okay. gone. It's gone. <laughs> okay. So, so anyway, Paul goes and says, look, I have been, you know, even before the foundation of the world, I was when Jesus died, and I am still crucified with Christ. Yeah. Nevertheless, I live, yet now it's not me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is the key. Right. That is the key to all of this. The Galatians, when Paul goes into chapter 3 and he calls them, Oh foolish Galatians, who has betwitched you? You know, who has changed your mind? Who has changed your way of thinking? Who has mm-hmm. changed your focus? Yeah. You know, wait a minute, guys. you got to get refocused. Mm-hmm. All right? It's not about you. How right. many people go to church and it's all about them? Mm-hmm. You know, they walk out of church. I got nothing out of that. I guess I'm not coming back. Well, guess what? If you were looking for something just for you, mm-hmm. then maybe the reason you didn't get anything is because you were selfish, whatever mm-hmm. the case. Yeah. You know, wait a minute. I tell my people, you know, we don't go to church just to satisfy ourselves. We go to church to please Christ mm-hmm. and allow him to do the work. Maybe I can get something out of a song and get something out of a testimony or a prayer time or a message, whatever the case. Mm-hmm. But God will always give me something. Yeah. Or maybe... You're not meant to get anything. Maybe God wants to use you to give something to somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. And, and once again, that is that. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, when Paul goes and says, look, folks, you know, don't go back to the old way of life. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's not going to get you anywhere. That's right. It's only going to cause you heartache. It's going to cause you frustration. And he's really concerned. Like you said earlier, he's very concerned about the Galatian church, mm-hmm. people like Galatia, where... They were falling back to their old ways, and, mm-hmm. and that was not what he wants. And, and certainly you and I as pastors have to be very, very concerned about that in our congregations and the people in which you and I deal with is, wait a minute, how's your new life going? Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean you don't have pitfalls once in a while, but how's your new life going? Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking earlier with, with a young man, and he says, you know, he'll keep you from falling. Well, that doesn't mean you don't trip up, mm-hmm. but do you bounce back? Right. And that is the key. Mm-hmm. Every gun needs to have its sights reset. Yep. Every car needs an alignment once in a while. You know, and you might not notice it too much at first, but if you let it go, it will eventually really become noticeable. Yeah, become and real. he's trying to deal with it before it gets to that point. When, when you shoot a gun, though, um, if your sights are off, or maybe even a better example would be a telescope. Yep. You know, that you're looking through a telescope, and let's say that this is the perfect alignment, and then all of a sudden, it just goes off that much. Almost does, can't even hardly see it. But you know what? You take that out to Mars, 
you take that out as you're trying to look towards, um, you know, Pluto or Neptune or wherever, what, how is that going to affect it? You know, that little bit here that's hardly noticeable, that far out is extremely noticeable. You're actually way off over here and the planet's way over there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing in our walk, and we need to constantly be realigned. And the Galatians were at a point where it's like, look, you're starting to get off. And it might seem like a small thing to you, but it's actually a very, very big thing in the long run. You know, I almost wondered, Tim, and, and because of verse 20 of chapter 2 and then verse 1 through 5 in chapter 3, mm-hmm. I almost wonder if Paul is, is addressing an issue where the Galatians are saying, this is too hard for me. I can't do it. Mm. You know, the demands is just too rigid mm-hmm. or too strict. Yeah. Um, and I think Paul addresses that in verse 20, and that's why he's able to say what he does in, verse, in chapter 3, mm-hmm. because he says, The life which I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Paul says, you know something? I'm just a man, just like you. Mm-hmm. But how have I become the man that, God has made me. You know, mm-hmm. I, you can live this. I lived it, you can live it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm nothing special. Right. If I lived it, you can live it. Yeah. And it goes all the way back to what Jesus, when he was walking the, this planet and he was questioned by the Sadducees or the Pharisees, what's the greatest commandment? Yep. He said simply this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. The second's like it, love your neighbors yourself. On this hinges all the law and the prophets. So you want to do the religious thing? It's not going to do squat for you. Where you got to start, you got to start loving God. Yep. You got to love your brother, you know, and it's based in that kind of a relationship that when he says on this hinges all the law and the prophets, what he's saying is if you get this right, you know what will happen? These things will fall into place. Because if you truly love God, you're going to want to do the things that please him. And what's doing the things that please him? Following his word. You know, doing the things he tells you to do and not doing the things he tells you not to do. You know, I find it interesting that Paul goes in in verse 20 again, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Faith is the capstone. Yeah. You know, that is the cornerstone. That is the thing. But that isn't the only one. Mm -hmm. Because Peter goes and says to us, and I shared this Sunday morning at our fellowship, is Peter goes in 2 Peter 1, where he says, now add to your faith mm-hmm. courage, knowledge, mm-hmm. temperance, um, uh, what, what is the other one? Um, self-control, uh, that's temperance, brotherly kindness, charity, and so forth. Add to it. All right. Mm-hmm. It, it's something to build on. Yeah. And, and that's what you got to do. And, mm-hmm. and, and Paul goes and says this, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is the beginning. Mm-hmm. But God doesn't want to stay there. Right. He wants you to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. And we find that in verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. He says, look, no, it's, it's faith in Christ, but then you've got to build on that. And by the way, he leaves it up to us to build on it. Mm-hmm. You know, God doesn't automatically just kind of take out his magic wand and say, okay, I'm going to give you courage, I'm going to give you knowledge, I'm going to give you temperance, I'm going to give you brotherly kindness, I'm going to give you charity, I'm going to give you... No, no. He said, no, no. you got to add to it. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. to me, Christianity is a full-time job. Yep. You know, and, and, you know, God does the work, but 
God says, I tell you what, I need you to study to show yourself approved in the God, mm-hmm. a workman that needs not to be ashamed. Right. You know, I'm not just going to plant it in your head and say, this is what I said. No, you got to read it for yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I love the verse where it says, God will bring back to your remembrance those things in which you have learned. Mm-hmm. He can't bring it to your remembrance if you haven't learned it. Right. You know, if you haven't read it, if you haven't so studied it. So, no. So, God says, look, this is what we need to do. Now Paul goes, and he lays that foundation, chapter 2, goes into chapter 3, and he finds out that somebody has, has crept in. By the way, does the church have to, have to worry about uh, wolves creeping in today? More than ever. More than ever, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, um, they come in pretending that they're sheep, mm-hmm. but they're only in, in sheep in, in wolves' clothing. Uh, yeah. Wolves in sheep's clothing, excuse and, me. And, and some of the worst ones... Are the ones that were sheep yeah you know and and maybe we even sheep of your flock yep and have somewhere along the line there have they bought into the deceptions of the enemy maybe they've listened to some other things outside of um the gospel right. and they they started off well much like a lot of the kings of the old testament you know that started off holy but over time they became corrupt and felt, you know, away from being the holy man that God called them to be. People in our churches sometimes can be of that same thing. They may have started off as a sheep, but somewhere along the lines, they became a wolf. John writes this to us. This is in Third John. John writes this to us, and, and he says, I wrote unto the church that Diophanes, who loved to have the preeminence among them, received us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doth, planning against us with malicious words and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbids them that would and casts him out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil. And what has happened to the Galatian church? Somebody has come in and now has betwitched them or has Mm -hmm. deceived them, has lied to them, and they have swallowed it maybe hook, line, and sinker, because Paul seems to be really taking a hard line and saying, look, people, you know, you need to, you need to go back to where you began. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and yeah. he says, hey, there are those who want to come in and do it. Mm-hmm. And they did it to the church at Galatia. They did it to the church at Thessalonica. Mm-hmm. One of Paul's big problems was somebody went to Thessalonica and said, oh, Paul wrote to me and told me you need to go back to this. Mm-hmm. That's why Paul signs chapter 3, the end of chapter 3. He says, see my signature. I signed it. Okay, so don't think that, that you know, that it, this isn't me. This is me. Mm-hmm. I signed it. Don't yep. take the counterfeit. Right. And the reason the counterfeits rise up, and it shouldn't surprise us, is because of pride. Yep. They want to make a name for themselves. They, they want to appear as being more righteous. That was Satan's issue. Right? He wanted to become God, not, not just become as God, but actually become God, right? And still, that is his drive. And when he corrupts people, that is what he does. He, he instills that within people. I want to make a name for me. You know, I want to appear to be the righteous one. You know what I find interesting in chapter 3, now getting into verse 1, where Paul goes and says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has betwitched you? that you should not obey the truth. Hmm. Tim, I, I've come, you know, in my study, I've come to find out the definition of truth. 
The definition of truth is that which never changes. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ said he never changes. There's no variableness in him Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, well, you know, now now we're in the 21st century, so, you know, I'm going to change my theology. I'm going to change my standards, you know, to meet up with that, you know, and a lot of people are trying to say that, what, the Bible is old hat, the Bible is old news. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't trust it anymore because it is old, it is uh, not reliable, and I feel just the opposite. The Bible is the most reliable. It is not. It may be old news, but it's the good news, and therefore it is the truth, mm-hmm. and it doesn't change. Yep. And there's a reason it's old because it has stood the tests of time. Yeah, and men have tried to destroy it mm-hmm. over the tests of time. And you know something? They've destroyed cities. They've destroyed mm-hmm. um, countries. They've destroyed kingdoms. They've mm-hmm. destroyed all kinds of things. But they have never been able to destroy the word of God. That's right. But it's also to understand that. Who is it that's really doing it? Who is it that's really behind it? And I think this is something big that he's really pointing out here, is his attention. This is one. To, now he had just addressed this and told us all of Peter's faults that, that we studied earlier, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know some of the things that he was getting wrong. But I find it interesting that in this passage he does not pinpoint an individ- this specific individual, but he does pinpoint something very interesting. He says, "Who has bewitched you?" So what he's really wanting to draw attention to is, look, this person is operating under an authority that is not biblical, it is not godly. Rather, it comes from another kingdom. Mm-hmm. It comes from the kingdom of darkness. Right. And that is where he's getting his power from. And it's understanding that these things that we deal with that are not biblical, are we, are, are, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You know, We do not wrestle against woke. We do not wrestle against cancel culture. There's something deeper behind a lot of these things. And a lot of these things are, you know, rooted in pride. And and if you look, you'll begin to see Satan's fingerprint on it. And so what was happening here is wanting to make sure they understand, look, you're not you're listening to this person and he has he's actually causing you to begin to listen to this other voice. This this um, satanic move, if you will, that you know, is trying to draw you away from the truth that Jesus' blood is enough. You know, I, I also find here in verse 1 really interesting where he goes and says that, it, that you should not obey the truth. So what is he saying? Is he saying the same thing that we're facing in our culture is that truth is no longer truth? Hmm. No. Fact changes mm-hmm. with knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right? You have, this, is, this is the fact today of what's going on, to say, with the virus. Mm-hmm. But you can turn the TV on tomorrow and say, oh, we just did a study, and the facts have changed Mm -hmm. a little bit. Facts change. But But truth never does change. But the problem is, is we've really gotten into a word game. We've been in this ever since we got into this whole politically incorrect movement that started, what, when was that? Early 2000s? Yeah. um, But now what, what have we done with this word game? What is true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. That's not the definition of truth. Yep. No. Nope. You know, but what we have tried to do is we've tried to take this word and redefine it mm-hmm. and make it to say be something that it really isn't and never was, you know. And and so it's understanding that truth is something that is always steadfast. It never like as you said, it never changes. So it's not possible something to be true for you and not be true for me. That that's just it cannot happen. What does Paul mean in verse 1, uh, Tim, where, where it goes and says, you know, you have, should not obey the truth 
before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been uh, evidently set forth, crucified among you. Is, is he saying that these Galatians people were involved or at least saw the crucifixion? Is it that early on? Or is it that they just know, for example, where Paul goes? Because Paul certainly was after the time of Christ's crucifixion, mm -hmm. where he goes and says, I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless mm -hmm. I live. So is he just saying, look, you know that the crucifixion is real. Mm -hmm. You have experienced it in your life. Right. But what's happened? What's happened to that? Mm -hmm. Why have you changed from that? Why have you turned from that? Mm -hmm. Is that really what Paul is saying? Is I, I believe so, because I think one of the key words is, was clearly portrayed among you. Yeah. You know, so he didn't say whom you witnessed. Right, right. You know, but, and I think that, and this is maybe one of the caveats, right? The fact that you have heard it said, but now my question to you is this, did you really truly believe mm -hmm. what you heard? I think that's really ultimately what we're saying here. Is you, it, we painted a picture for you. We helped you understand Jesus died for you. And you received that. You accepted that. But now what I want to know, Galatians, is where did you accept it? Did you just accept it here? Or did you accept it here? Yeah. You know, because if he truly is crucified and you truly know that in your heart, then you realize and you cannot help but understand that his grace is enough and that all of your works are not possible to save you. But if all you did is you let it just portray here, we need to deal with that. I think what he does in verses 2 through 5, Tim, and next week we may have to come back and just kind of go over it a little bit. He's reminding them, remember who taught you. Mm -hmm. He goes in verse 2, this only what I learn of you, received you, the Spirit, large S, so that means whom? Holy Spirit. Means the Holy Spirit of God by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Who taught you. You remember. You, when, when I was teaching you about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and you were excited the fact that he died for you, and he washed your sins away, who sealed it for you? Mm -hmm. It was the Holy Spirit of God. It was not the law. Mm -hmm. The law couldn't do it. So why are you going back to the law and you messing up or, or, or leaving the Spirit of God? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Right. But there again, I, I think it's also, again, him wanting to understand, helping them get to this point that, look, I just don't want to hear back from you what you think I said. He didn't say, what did you hear from me? Right. He didn't say, what did we come and teach you? He said, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive? You know? Right. And, and so now you tell me, you know, let me sit in the student chair for a minute. Yeah. Now you teach me, what is the gospel right you know is faith enough or do i need works you tell me yep. yep and and he's putting them really on on the on the line here to say look are you willing to, what are you willing to stand behind here do you really understand that what i'm sharing with you is truth or are you buying into this other gospel now so and then paul reminds them verse three and verse five are you so foolish Having begun in the Spirit, largest Holy Spirit of God, mm -hmm. are you now made perfect by the flesh? No, you know all of this, people. In verse 5, he says, He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit, largest, meaning Holy Spirit of God, 
and worketh miracles among you, doth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did that all happen, people? Mm -hmm. It was not by the law. The law by itself can do absolutely nothing but teach us that we're sinners. Mm -hmm. That's all the law does. It is my schoolmaster that teaches me that I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any cures or anything. The only one who has the cure is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit of God mm-hmm. reveals that to your heart mm-hmm. and seals it to your heart mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ is a cure for yeah. all of this. And anything that we can do in regards to keeping the law can really only be done through the power of that Holy Spirit. Sure. Yeah. You know. And once again, I mean that is so that is you know that is the beginning of chapter three. Um, our time is up, and we have to. Um, just let you kind of munch on this for the week. Next week we will start once again in Chapter 3 and go a little bit further. Uh, I'm Pastor Harold Noyce, pastor of the Community Christian Church. We are located on the Lower Road in Athens, Vermont. Uh, We have morning worship at 9.30 every single Sunday. And then Sunday night we also have an evening service that starts at 6 p.m., And once again, it's just a wonderful time of getting into the Word of God, having the Word of God just kind of opened up, and the Spirit of God just showing us what uh, He is trying to teach us and minister to us. So come on out to the Community Christian Church of Athens. We'd love to fellowship with you. Love to see you. Love to meet you. And if you're in the Charlestown area, we'd love to have you come down and worship with us at Life on Main at our new location. Uh, we are no longer at St. Luke's. We are now at the Abundant Life Center, which is just Kitty Corner from the Charlestown Middle School right there on Route 12. Same time for the service, 11 o'clock Sunday mornings. Great time of worship. Uh, it's kind of a, more of a house atmosphere, yep. which is kind of nice. It actually uh, creates a whole different dynamic in many ways. But same Holy Spirit yep. uh, tends to show up uh, when, when we're there together. And so we invite you to come out, be a part of that. We do have coffee hour also at 10 o'clock uh, if you want to just ha- hang out for a time of fellowship beforehand. But we want to thank everyone for tuning into this broadcast. Get the word out there. If you like this program, let those that you know. Advertise it on your social media. Uh, share some of the videos and let people know that Heartline is there to minister to them. You can find us at the Falls Area Community Television website at fact8.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Heartline Ministries. You can also find us on YouTube now with our new channel. And so we invite you to tune in those ways. Also on some of the community TV stations from Brattleboro, Springfield, Bellows Falls area, as well as the Northeast Kingdom. And uh, just encourage you just to get the word out there. And let us know uh, where you're tuning in from, uh, because we do like to keep track of that and to pray for those specific areas where we know we are reaching. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to Heartline Ministry. It's a